0: So unlike Jesus in this particular parable, I like to be super explicit with things. The parable is intentionally meant to conceal from some and reveal to others, but I, I just go for the, the super clear, explicit statement, and this is our Get Connected Sunday. So what is the point of this Sunday? It is to... Okay, that's my main point in this sermon too. So lest I get off the track, you know where I wanted to land, get connected. So think about this for a minute, about the gospel message. And I mean, not this particular reading alone, but the big picture of the gospel. It is full of invitations, all through. When you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or really through the whole scriptures, there is an invitation constantly extended to people. God is a missionary God. He's out seeking people. He wants people to come to him. Think about some of the ways that he extends an invitation. These will be familiar to many of you. In Matthew 11, he says, come to me if you're weary and tired and I will give you rest. That's an invitation, right? Jesus is saying, come to me, come, come to me and I will give you rest. Another place he says, the kingdom of God is in your midst. It has drawn near. Therefore, repent and believe. Also an invitation, right? Kingdom is here, is upon you. And the way to access it is repent of your sin and believe in Jesus. That's an invitation as well. It's an invitation into his kingdom, In another place, he teaches us to ask, to seek, to knock. Ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened, is what he says. So not only is he telling you there's this invitation to ask, seek, and knock, he's also saying that you'll get what you're seeking, that the Lord wants to to respond. So there's invitation all through the scriptures. And I think about something like John 4, where Jesus says that the Father is seeking a certain kind of person. He, he teaches the woman at the well, he says, that that the true worshipers will worship the, the Father in spirit and in truth. And it says, and then he says, the, the Father is seeking such people to worship him. So it's an invitation as well. Invitation to worship as a person full of the Holy Spirit and understanding the truth. God's looking for people like that. So today's, um, text, this parable of the sower, I chose because, of, because it's Get Connected Sunday, because of the invitation in here, and because of the crowd that was around Jesus. And we're seeing a crowd in, you could, you could say, we're seeing a crowd in the church as well, and there's an invitation that comes with this. Now, the invitation here is sort of a, in this parable, it's kind of given in a proverbial way. Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear she who has ears, let her hear. In other words, you could reach up. He gave you two ears, but but do you know how to use them? Are Are you hearing what he's saying? And I don't mean just like audibly you hear what I'm saying, but you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying to you, come into the kingdom. Come. Come in and bear fruit. So what is happening here in Jesus's ministry is the crowd had gotten really big. And all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all pick up this parable of the sower. And they do it um, without giving us the specifics of where. What town was this in? We know it was somewhere in the north around the Sea of Galilee. It wasn't down near Jerusalem. But we're not sure at what point in Jesus's ministry it happened. But we do know this. It happened once he got famous. So Jesus went out into these surrounding villages and countryside and towns and was proclaiming the kingdom and he was healing people and he was casting out demons and he was doing signs and wonders and word got out. Now keep in mind, they had no internet, they had no telephones, they had no social media. So for word to get out, it was one person told another person who told another person. And before long, entire towns were vacated and they were going to where this, this, this signs and wonders working rabbi was. And then Jesus began to use parables as his teaching. It's kind of an interesting method. He was using these parables because it was helping him sift through the crowd to see who was responding to the invitation and who was just there because it was a crowd. Curiosity versus faith. Now, a parable is different than an allegory. John Stott, the Anglican scholar, makes this distinction. He said in a parable, uh, Jesus is using something from ordinary life and he is making a, a simile, a comparison, and He's trying to illustrate one basic point, typically. Whereas with an allegory, you have a number of moving parts. You have several people that, run, that line up with things in the allegory, and you're supposed to really reflect on it, and you can take multiple meanings from it. For example, in John 15, Jesus says, I'm the true vine you are the branches, my father's the vine dresser. He comes and he prunes so that you'll bear fruit. I want you to bear fruit. You need to abide in the vine. And, it, and it, that allegory, is it's, it's got many moving parts. The parable of the sower, however, is very simple. It's very simple what it's trying to do. Stott, John Stott again says there are three things that a parable is trying to do. One is it's trying to illustrate some truth about the kingdom of God. So you could ask yourself, what is the truth this parable is trying to illustrate? Two, it's trying to jolt its listeners, jolt them into a decision or to an action. It should make us sit up and go, wait a minute, what's he saying here? What does this mean? That's weird. You know, it's supposed to do that. And then finally, it's supposed to conceal and hide truth from people who don't want what he's offering. So Jesus even says, I'm speaking in parables so that not as a byproduct of them, intentionally. I'm going to use parables so that those who hear don't perceive. They don't get it. Jesus went to the crowds and he kind of was using this form of teaching to draw a line through them and say, those of you that are responding, press in and you'll get more and the rest of you move along. The kingdom is here. Who wants it? And that's what this parable, that's what these parables did is they sorted through that crowd. Now that jolts me when I think about it, when he quotes Isaiah and says, so that they'll be seeing and never perceiving, they'll be hearing and not understanding. It jolts me to go, am I hearing this right? Am I that kind of soil? Which one am I? And that's what we should be asking. Now we call this the parable of the sower. And a lot of things in, in church over 2,000 years have been named because of one or two of the first words in it. So Jesus says, a sower went out to sow. And so it becomes known as the parable of the sower. But really, it should be called the parable of the soils. Because if you think about it, the sower doesn't change and the seed doesn't change. What changes in this simple simile is the four different kinds of soil. So it's a parable of four types of soils. And it asks the question, which one are you? Are you the kind of soil that's like the hard path? And when the seed comes, it gets taken away quickly. Now, I have, to, I have to explain something about agrarian methods back then, because if you know anything about farming now, it's very technologically advanced. We have machines that plow perfect lines. We have other machines that come and stick seeds every six inches or whatever the appropriate length is, exact rows. When you, see, when you drive out in the countryside and you see a cornfield, it's like perfect rows, that is not the method they used back then. They didn't have the technology. So what they would do is they would get a big satchel, kind of like an old, old-timey newspaper boy's bag full of seeds, and walk up and down just throwing seeds in the air, letting it scatter wherever. And then they would get an ox and a plow and come after and plow so the seeds get mixed in with the soil. So sometimes that meant it got mixed in with soil that had uh, roots that were weeds. Sometimes they didn't realize that there was rocks right underneath there because they didn't see it until after they plowed it. And of course, they're walking through the field, so there were worn paths. So in this parable, notice a couple of things. One, the seed is thrown very generously, liberally, just broadcast widely. And the seed, Jesus explains, is the word of God. And And he is the sower. Or... If you're someone telling people about the word of God, not just as a preacher, but someone giving witness to what God is doing, you're in the spot of the the one sowing the seed. God's seed is going out liberally everywhere in the world. The gospel message is going out to the ends of the earth. And it's the same message, and that doesn't change. It's where it lands that determines the outcome, right? So if it lands on a path, Jesus is saying, those are the ones who, when they hear the word, Satan comes and steals it before it can even get into their heart. Now, you, you and I can debate on how exactly that works. He doesn't explain how it works. He simply says it's true. Some people, the the seed is just snatched away from them before it even has a chance. But then there are other ones who it starts to put a root down, but because there's rock under the topsoil, it can't get water, it can't get a root system, and then as soon as the heat comes, it scorches and dies. So it's kind of like, oh, I like this message about grace. I like Jesus. And then as soon as life gets hard, there's no structure to your faith, and it just gone. There are those also that are being choked out by the world, the weeds that start to grow up. And if you do any kind of gardening, you know how aggressive vines in this particular region can grow. You turn your back for two days and a vine goes over your entire holly bush and you're like, ah! You know, it's like the seed starts growing and they're growing and then the rate of the other stuff is so fast it just takes over and, there's, and then it's not productive. But there's a fourth soil in this parable. The seed goes in, and unlike Matthew and Mark, who talk about 30 or 60-fold, Luke just goes right to 100, and that soil, it goes 100 times, 100 times fruit. That's what we want to see. So it says a couple of things to us. One is, it says to me, as someone who cares about seeing God's kingdom come and sowing the seed all the time, is that sometimes if I feel frustrated or it seems like it's not happening, it's okay. It will... It will have a harvest. You know, the truth about the kingdom, Here, I wrote it down here, is that: is God's word is broadcast widely. Only some people respond, but their fruit is abundant. That's the truth that's taught in this simple parable. God's word's going out. Only some people will respond, and the ones who do will bring great fruit. So for those of us that try to share God's kingdom with others, it's a word of patience, and it's a word of a promise of effectiveness, Jesus said, the kingdom of hell will not prevail against my church. Jesus said, I'm building my church. It's going to win. So that's an encouragement to those of us to not give up, to press on, to be patient. But it's also a word to us as receivers of the word. What kind of soil am I? What, what, What kind of harvest is likely to come? That's the jolt. And so in verse 15, he says, as for that of the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So it makes me ask the question, do I have an honest and good heart? The kind of soil that when the word of God comes in, I really cherish his word. I take it to heart. I don't just hear it, I want to implement it. And I want to bring my life in alignment with these truths. It's so easy to read the Bible and affirm it as good. I like what he has to say, that's a good message. But then miss the connection between, therefore my life needs to change to line up with it. That's where it becomes hard. Now, we didn't read this far, but verse 18 uh, is after another little parable. So the parable of the soils or sower, then a little one about lighting a lamp and not putting it under a, a bushel. You know, you guys know the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, I'm not going to put it under a bushel. Okay, he gives that little parable, and then he says this, speaking of both of these parables, the point is to take care then how you hear. Back to your ears. Take care how you hear. For to, one, for to the one who has, who has something, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. So here's an important kingdom principle. God puts out there faith. He puts out there the gospel truth, the word, in smaller portions. And what we do with it determines then what his response is. So if with the little that he's entrusted you, you start to respond in faith, he gives you more. And with what you have, you respond in faith, he gives you more. This isn't me making this up. This is what it says. You can open a Bible and you can read Luke eight eighteen, And he's saying, what are you doing with what I've given you? Now, the invitation here is to more. And I want to ask you something if you're a believer, especially if you've walked with the Lord longer than a year or two. There is a temptation to plateau, Your faith is growing like this, and then you kind of start to figure out sort of church life and discipleship, and you kind of plateau off. And maybe you start to think, this is as good as it gets. This is all I can expect, this side of heaven. And you start praying, oh, come Lord Jesus, come now. And we give up on the possibility that our discipleship could increase, that our experience of the kingdom of God could increase after walking with him for 20 years or however long it's been. And what I want to suggest to you is God has way more in this life for us than we realize. This parable is an invitation to that. He's saying, want more. Don't settle. Be patient. The harvest will take a while, but press in and want more. The calling, the invitation, that's what he's saying to us here. He has more to give us. He's saying, get hungry, get thirsty. Don't try and be satisfied with other things. Come for what I can give you. So I hear this, and I think, okay, God, give me some more. How do I do it? Well, if you do the exact same thing you've always done, you're going to get the same results. So start experimenting. Try something different. This is Get Connected Sunday. I'm inviting you to get connected, maybe in a new way. Maybe you've done Alpha but you've never participated in any of those missions of the week we do each week. You've never gone out there and tried to serve the poor, or you've never gone out there and tried to share your faith with somebody. You know, here you want a challenge? The next time you go to a restaurant and you're paying the tip, give them one of those alpha cards and invite them, September 9th. I, broadcast liberally. Who cares if they throw it away? But what if they say, what is this? And then you have an opportunity right there to invite somebody. What if it changes their life for eternity? You've maybe never done that. You step out there and see what happens. I'm telling you, try something different today after church. You might have grabbed one on the way in. We're, we've published our Fall Get Connected Guide, our Connection Guide. So it has every program that we're trying to run at the church and all the opportunities for you to plug in and try something different, try something new. I want to encourage you to, to go for it. Last week's testimonies and service and the baptisms and the reaffirmations and the confirmations and the video—it was so encouraging. You're sitting in a crowd, so to speak. People right next to you are having kingdom stuff happen in their lives, and and they're responding. They're pressing in, and God is meeting them with more. Ask somebody who got confirmed or got baptized last week, what's going on in their lives. You will see excitement about the kingdom of God. If you didn't see the video, I think we're going to try and get it up on the website this week, but it was just a minute-long video of testimonies of people saying, here's what God is doing in my life, and here's how I intend to respond to it the invitation is wide open. Jesus says, "He who has ears, let him hear." And I'm saying, get connected. Plug into the body. Expect more, not less. With what God has given you, what are you doing with it? He wants to give you more. He's a generous God. The kingdom is abundant. Let's this semester go all in. This it starts this Sunday. This is get connected Sunday. Let's press in for the fall. There are natural seasons of rest. Summer's a good time to kind of put the tools down for a little bit. Now we're back in. It's all, it's all in. So get connected. In case I wasn't clear what my main point was, get connected. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love for us. I Thank you for being a God of mission that you seek and save us who are lost. Lord, thank you for the invitation that you extend over and over again. Help us to be bold, even me, Lord. Help me to find ways to do things differently. Give a hunger to all of us and a thirst for you. Thank you, Lord. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.